It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in episode 107, What's Right with Nick Wright. Apologies for not being here last Thursday and Friday. We really appreciate how many of you took notice of that. We're looking for the pod. We should have been more clear about our schedule last week. Some television responsibilities uh, intersected with our regular recording times. But we'll be back for the duration now, the rest of this week and the rest of the football season with our three episodes a week. Also, make sure you tune in to this Friday's gambling show. Not only because I went four and one this week, because we did post our picks, even though we didn't do the show, but also because we will have a story that everyone can learn from as our young protege, Demonze, went through the real, you know, pitfalls of gambling this week. And you might be able to tell from the look on his face, he's here in body, but not necessarily in spirit. It is a tough last 24 hours for him. And it started off so promisingly because, as you will see by what did not make the show, Demonze, for the first time in his life, got a Madden victory over on me. It got, got a Madden victory on me this weekend, streaming live on Twitch. That Twitch stream is growing. There's a saving grace from the weekend. Also not making the show. Frisky Chargers moving into the sixth seed and the Giants holding off the Commanders. None of that's in the show. We had an insane Week 14 in the NFL, we will get to all, or week 15 in the NFL? Was it week 15? It was. a week 15 in the NFL, every team's now played 14 games. We'll get to all of that, plus Anthony Davis's injury. But before we do any of that, Demonze, we have to start exactly where you wanted to start, with the soccer from this weekend. Go right ahead. Yeah, it was one of the best weekends of sports ever, or in my lifetime at least. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen and Tua finally went head-to-head. Uh, the Raiders had an insane walk-off touchdown. Yeah. Uh, the Prince that was promised came back and beat the Cowboys in yep. overtime. Yeah. But nothing compares to what some are calling the best World Cup final ever. Mm-hmm. Without further ado, our final FIFA forecast until 2026 Argentina defeated France in what you're calling the best final of the last half century. Well, by the way, I said that after 90 minutes. After the full game, clearly the best World Cup final ever. But go ahead. Okay. Mbappe did all he could, but there's no doubt that Messi is the certified GOAT. Where does he rank among the best athletes of our lifetime? Listen, I I saw this question in there. He's He's on the very, very short list. I mean, he's the, he is now the certified greatest ever in the most popular sport in the world. So if someone wanted to argue he's the best athlete ever, so be it. Like you, you've got to at least uh, oh, you've got to at least be open to that possibility. I, but I don't even that's not where I want to focus on this. 
I want to focus on that that World Cup final could not have been a more perfect sporting event. So you had the two stars of each team with very different stories. So you had Messi, who this is his last dance at the World Cup, the only thing missing from his resume, a guy who by non-World Cup accomplishments is the clear-cut greatest soccer player ever. However, though those of us who maybe put an added extra emphasis on what you do in the World Cup always had kind of a special place for Pele because Pele won the World Cup as a teenager. His team then won it again to go back-to-back in 1962, even though he was injured and he didn't play in it. And then they injured him again in 66, and Brazil got knocked out. And then in 70, he won it again. So he had three World Cups and four appearances. He was awesome in the final of two of those three. He didn't play in the final of the middle one. And Messi, on the other hand, while he had won the golden ball at the World Cup in 2014, he had lost that final. Then last World Cup, they got knocked out in the round of 16 by France and Mbappe. So that's the Messi story going into this game. Then there's the Mbappe story. Again, using the Pele standard. At the World Cup in 2018, Mbappe became the first teenager to score in a World Cup final since Pele. Throughout this World Cup, tied and passed many of Pele's records as far as goals before you turn 24. Had a chance to become the first, France had a chance to become the first team to go back-to-back in the World Cup since Pele and Brazil, the ones we were talking about. So those were the storylines going into this game. And then those two athletes delivered in a way that I don't know what the comp is. So the World Cup opens 20 minutes in with a bad foul by France. Messi gets a penalty kick, nails it. About 15 minutes later, out of nowhere, Argentina gets out on a break. Messi makes a perfect pass to spring the break. There's then another pass, and then Messi's Scottie Pippen to his Michael Jordan, Angel Di Maria, who they didn't even know if he was going to start this game, finishes it perfectly, and it's 2-0 Argentina. And Mbappe's done nothing. In the first half of this game, Mbappe had 11 touches, the least of any player that had started the game. And then Argentina seemed to be in firm control. And then all of a sudden, much like happened against the Netherlands, Argentina in the waning moments started to flounder a bit. They now commit a bad foul. Mbappe steps to the spot, nails it. One minute later, Mbappe nails it again. Not a penalty kick, just a great goal. And all of a sudden, it's 2-2. And and then in the 95th minute, essentially, the final play of the game, Messi has an unbelievable attempt from outside the box. And Loris saves it. Saves it what would have been the greatest soccer moment ever. He saves it. We're going to extra time. In extra time, Messi scores again, seemingly to win the World Cup. 
everyone is crying. Then Argentina commits a handball in the box. Mbappe steps to the spot again, scores. He now has a hat trick. So Messi has two goals. Mbappe has a hat trick. And then it looks like France is going to win it in the final second. They have a breakaway. Great job by the Argentina goaltender. Saves it. We go to penalty kicks. Mbappe and Messi, Messi both step up. Both make their penalty kicks. And then Argent, and then France misses one and gets one blocked. And Argentina wins. So you have Messi's crowning achievement of his career. You then also have Mbappe, who now has five goals in World Cup finals. He's 23 years old. That's the most goals in World Cup finals ever. He'll play in another two or three World Cups. We'll see if they make the final. So you have a guy building a resume as one of the greatest ever in Mbappe who absolutely rose to the occasion. You now have Messi, who the World Cup was the one like, yeah, but on his resume. Now, not only does he have a victory, he's the only player ever to win the golden ball in multiple World Cups. It could not have been more thrilling. It could not have been a better tournament. The right champion was crowned. I'm so thrilled. And now in 2026, it's in the United States. It was absolutely sensational. We have a poll question asking where Messi ranks among all-time athletes. 52% say the GOAT. 40% say he's in the top 10. All right, next. All right, the Bills had a comeback of their own in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, Blizzard, sorry. Josh Allen seemed to shake off whatever had been affecting him the past few weeks with an impressive performance, even though you didn't think he did too well. Well, in the second half, I didn't think he did so well, but go ahead. Tearing him apart at every small mistake. Meanwhile, Kansas City played down to their competition in the Texans, uh, and you didn't say a peep. What's up with the double standard? Okay. Well, let's talk about Josh Allen. So Josh Allen started the game sailing balls over people's heads, so I tweeted out, Josh Allen out here throwing to 10-foot-tall wide receivers. He then was excellent the rest of the first half. But the Dolphins, I thought, had a really smart game plan. And if they had run the ball a little bit more consistently, they had stayed dedicated to the run a little bit more, I think they could have been in a better position. And then Josh Allen had an incredibly risky play on the final play of the first half. They have eight seconds left. They have no timeouts. You got to take a quick shot to the end zone. So if you don't get it, you can get the field goal. Josh Allen rolled out, took a bunch of time to where the field goal wasn't going to be able to be kicked. It was the final play of the half, but he connected for a touchdown. And it looked like, oh, okay, the Bills are going to win. The Dolphins then came storming back thanks to a Josh Allen fumble. And then on the very next possession, he fumbled again. Now they got it back. And the Bills ended up winning the football game. When people say there is a double standard of how I look at the Bills versus the Chiefs, we'll talk about the Chiefs in a moment, or Josh Allen versus Mahomes, of course there is. Of course there is a different standard for a guy who has been crowned without the accomplishments versus a guy who has all the accomplishments possible. And second of all, I give Josh Allen credit for having overall an excellent game. It was like 400 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, He ran the ball great once the snow started coming down. I will give him credit. What I won't do is pretend 
that that has been the standard for him the last two months. That's his first excellent game since the Chiefs game. And the Bills, listen, that's a huge win and a great win for them because they stay in the one seed. They are at Chicago next week. They are then at Cincinnati and then home for the Patriots to wrap up the season. They better go 3-0. and If they, if I, right now the Bills are the one seed. If they go 2-1, and one, but the loss is to Cincinnati, they likely end the season as the three seed. And Josh Allen right now, last night's game notwithstanding, has not been a top three quarterback in the AFC this year. So those are all just facts. Mahomes, on the other hand, who we'll get to in a moment, played a perfect football game yesterday. Now, granted, it was, well, you know what, let's get to it right now. Go ahead. Perfect football game. He, he did. Um, Go ahead. All right, you can, say that, you can say all you want and that there was never a doubt. But everybody knows you had to have been sweating through. I mean, I definitely know I was in the room. Um, but your team has almost blown it against Denver and Houston in back-to-back weeks. Two of the worst teams in football. You claim Buffalo isn't anything to be scared of, but your Chiefs are having a hard time with Rippin and Millis. Mills. Oh, Mills. I always say Mills. If the last two, uh, I'm sorry. If the last two games aren't putting you on, on high alert, then what will? Okay. First, let me explain what I said before. You said you seemed to scoff when I said Mahomes played a perfect football game. Because literally the highest completion percentage on a 40-pass game in NFL history. He threw 41 times, five were incomplete. He was 36 of 41. He threw two touchdowns. He ran for another touchdown. The Chiefs could not stop committing egregious defensive penalties, and guys not named Patrick Mahomes could not stop fumbling the football. So here's where I'm at with Kansas City. Am I frustrated with the fact that it was the, the Texans? Well, yeah. I mean, it, listen, I didn't expect them to blow out the Texans because the Chiefs tend not to blow out terrible teams. Did I expect them to have to go to overtime to beat the Texans? Of course not. I'm not going to act like that's a good win by the team. And right now, once again, this seems to be. Patrick Mahomes has to do everything for this team or else they can't survive. Now, why I actually feel okay about that is because he's the best player who's ever lived. So of anyone who has to do everything for a team in order for you to survive, I'd rather it be him than literally anyone else. Okay? So this is where we get to the MVP conversation, and I find it so ludicrous. Mahomes has all the numbers, all the eye test, and on top of that, right now, other than Travis Kelsey, who on the Chiefs is playing even really well, much less great. The answer had been Chris Jones, but they couldn't get to Davis Mills yesterday. The pass defense, pass rush, and secondary has fallen apart ever since the pick six against Russell Wilson. Since then, you've let Russell Wilson, uh, Brett Rippon, and Davis Mills 
in six and a half quarters of football, score 53 points on you, mostly through the air, That's or 51 points on you, that's no good. I think Andy Reid's situational coaching has been, call it, less than ideal. Once again this week, playing for a field goal at the end of the game, instead of letting the best player in the world try to go get more yards, that way you're sh- kicking a shorter field goal. Uh, Butker, who used to be the second-best kicker in football, missed a game-winning field goal and missed another extra point. The offensive line, once again, is not playing great, particularly at the tackle spots. The Chiefs have some issues. I am not denying that. With that said, what they also have is the best player in the league by a country mile. And so come the postseason, when I, I listen, I don't think the Chiefs are losing again. The th- This was the game that they totally overlooked the op- the opponent. They could have been beaten. They weren't. What they have left is Seattle, which is flailing right now in Arrowhead, Denver in Arrowhead, and then a trip to Vegas in week 18 when the Raiders will be playing for nothing. So I think the Chiefs, despite all those issues, despite going into the season, the toughest schedule in the league, are going to finish 14-3. and three. That will either be the one or the two seed. Buffalo is going to have to win out for 14-3 and three by Kansas City to not be the one seed, to not be the second best record in the entire NFL. So that, again, gets me to some of my Buffalo criticism has been the fact that they were and still are the favorites for the Super Bowl. Josh Allen was the league MVP favorite going into the year, and I didn't think they had earned that place. And to be honest with you, I think I'm being proven correct on that. Buffalo, yes, they have the same record as Kansas City, and yes, this week they looked far better than Kansas City, but they have clearly not been the overwhelming juggernaut that so many people promised me they were. Also, and this is sad and a little scary, but it's true, this week, the Bills' best offensive lineman and most important offensive lineman, their center, Mitch Morse, got a concussion. That's noteworthy because it is his sixth career concussion. So he might be done. And not like just for the year. He might His career might be over. We'll see. He also could be back in two weeks. I don't know. We have to read more about that. But that part for Buffalo is really concerning. And I'm going to say another thing for Buffalo. I think they are being reckless in how they are using Josh Allen. He is getting the crap kicked out of him each and every week because they have to have him running the football for their offense to work effectively. I think it's risky. But with all that said, to to circle back to the MVP thing, the Chiefs are going to, at worst, pardon me, be 13-4. and sound like I'm choked up, but I just lost my voice this week. I had a bit of a cough. Hold on. At worst, be 13 and four, and likely be 14 and three. At worst, be the three seed, almost assuredly, though, the one or the two seed. And the team right now does not look that great. So, how can that be true? Because of the guy they have playing quarterback, who also, by the way, happens to, I just want to let you, because 
in years, it's, sometimes it's like, okay, yes, we know he's the best player, but he's not having the best season. Right now in the NFL, passing yards, Mahomes, 4,500. Herbert in second place, 4,000. That's 500 clear of second place. Touchdowns, Mahomes, 35. Joe Burrow, 31. That's four clear of second place. Passer rating, Mahomes right now, 105. That is behind only Geno and Tua, neither of whom are exactly in the MVP race. And if you like ESPN's QBR, Mahomes is at 80. No one else is at 72. So he has the numbers. He has the eye test. He has the success. He's the league MVP. Unless, of course, they play the Chargers. N- well, no. I mean, they're 2-0 against the Chargers. No, not the Bills. I'm talking about, are you, are you at all nervous that Mahomes will have to play the Chargers again for a third time in the playoffs? Well, I don't think they will, though. Right now, the Chargers are the seven seed and the Chiefs are the two seed. But even if the Chiefs stay the two seed, the Chargers, I believe, are going to get all the way to the five line. So that here's the thing for the Chargers. Right now, yes, the Chargers are the seventh seed, or the sixth seed, actually, is where the Chargers are right now. So they wouldn't even have to play them right now. But what the Chargers have left is Colts, Rams, Broncos. So I don't think the Chargers are losing again. I think they're going to get all the way to the five line. And, hey, my preseason conference title game, if you remember, was Chiefs-Chargers. The Chargers are 8-6, and six, but three of those losses came to the Chiefs and Niners by a combined 10 points. So I think they're an excellent team and a super scary team. I don't want to have to play the Chargers again, but the playoffs are hard. And what I was saying, though, is Mahomes the MVP, unless, of course, this guy wins it. Demonze, what are we talking about here? Screw this guy, man. Oh, Demonze. Okay, Prince- let me. All right, listen, I now have to tell the audience. I was going to wait till Friday. Demonze made a five team, 10 point teaser for m- way more money than he ever should have because it felt like one of those, how does it lose? Did every leg hit except for this one? Mm-hmm. It did end By up. That point. Oh, okay. So every leg hit except he had Dallas plus five. Oh. And Dallas was up, I think, 17 in this game at one point. Oh. And then had the ball in overtime. And again, he's got Dallas plus five. And Dak throws a pick six. Yeah. And they lose by six. Cincinnati game almost cheered me up. At but, first. Yeah. But then they collapsed. Yep. That's I so Cincinnati, he had the Bengals plus six or something. Or something like that. Yeah. Six and as, a half as the last leg of it, but it was dead already. And they were down 17 nothing. And I and I was watching it thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, you'll feel better. It was just a bad bet. But no, the Bengals came strong. Not to come back. Yeah, so Demonze faded the prince that was promised in a 10-unit wager, which you shouldn't be making 10-unit wagers, but he did, and he lost, and that's bad. But now let's talk about the prince that was promised. If the prince that was promised defeated America's team, does that mean that he's the new king of the states? I'm going to use that line on TV. That's a great line. Go ahead. Okay. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags mounted an impressive comeback against the Cowboys. We'll disregard the fact that Lawrence fumbled it under two minutes, and the defense was the one who scored the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Uh, Dax Dagger interception left. What's right executive producer slash Cowboys fan, Kara, asking for Cooper Rush back. Okay. 
You've been claiming Lawrence is a top 10 quarterback. Care to put your money where your mouth is and bet the Jags to make the playoffs? Okay, I literally already did bet the Jags to make the playoffs before the year. That bet is very alive. I think the Jags are going to be the four seed. I think the Jags are going to run the Titans down. They've already beaten them once. So the Jags, and by the way, just some fun facts for you guys. Over the last, uh, let me look, uh, since week nine, since week nine, we just had week 15. Where do you think Trevor Lawrence ranks in the NFL and passer rating? Give it a guess. I'm Fourth, fifth. First. First. Where do you think he, Trevor Lawrence? Oh, is? yeah, he does have like 17 straight touchdowns and like one interception. Where do you think he ranks in completion percentage uh, since week nine? Let's give it a guess. Second, third. First. Where do you think he ranks in uh, touchdown interception ratio since week nine? It's definitely first in that. First. Yeah. And they're four and two. And the Jags, so here's where we're at with the Jags, the six and eight Jags. They are at the Jets next week, then home for the Texans, revenge game, because they lost them. And then, I'm sorry, at the Texans, on home for the Texans, and then home for the Titans, okay? That's where, they're, they're a game back of Tennessee. Tennessee gets the Texans this week. Frisky Texans looking for a win, almost beat the Cowboys, almost beat the Chiefs. Then the Titans are home for the Cowboys and then at the Jaguars. The Jaguars are making the playoffs. They're winning that division. They are very alive. That was a great win by them, a great performance by Trevor. And of course he's a top 10 quarterback. There's no, there is no argument against him being a top 10 quarterback. Let me give the most the most, uh, what's the word? Give him the least benefit of the doubt as far as quarterbacks, okay? Any quarterback who might be better than him will call better than him. Deal? Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen, Hurts. Who else? Honestly, who am I forgetting as far as guys who are like have an argument? Tua, throw Tua. Now we're at six. I don't think Tua's better than him, but throw Tua. Lamar, I, I don't think Lamar's better than him. Throw Lamar. Now we're at seven. Who else? Kirk Cousins. No chance. Kirk Cousins is better than him. But say Kirk Cousins. Now we're at eight. That's it. That's it. So at worst. He's ninth, and he's really closer to like fifth or sixth already in year two with the Jaguars. The Cowboys, on the other hand, they do have a Dak Prescott turnover problem. I mean, there's just no way around it. This, I think that turnover is his fault, though. But the previous one was, though. That's the problem. So I understand that turnover not being his fault, but they're up 27 to 17 with the ball in late in the third quarter in their own inside their own 20 and Dak throws a terrible pick and it opens the door to the Jaguars comeback and then in overtime I understand that's not <coughs> excuse me sorry guys that's not entirely his fault but that it's bad man 
And I listen, we're going to talk a lot about the Cowboys on TV today. The Cowboys aren't really a big one of our podcast topics. It's we now know. Well, we know the Cowboys are going to be the five seed. They blew their chance at running down the Eagles. There was a chance around 3.30 p.m. yesterday that the Cowboys were going to beat the Jags. They were up 17, and the Eagles were in a dogfight with the Bears, right? That the Bears were going to win that game. The Cowboys were going to hold on against the Jaguars. And in addition to DeMonze not having to go get a third job, what would have also been the case was the Cowboys-Eagles would have been playing next week for first place in the division on the line. And the Eagles could have dropped all the way to the five seed. Now, the only way the Cowboys win the division is if they go 3-0 and and Philly goes 0-3, which is not going to happen. So the Cowboys are basically locked into the five seed, which means they are going to be on the road in Tampa, a team that beat them 19-3 to earlier this year. And I understand how bad Tampa looks but that's still on the road against Tom Brady in the first round of the playoffs is not a spot you want to be in. And that's the spot I believe the Cowboys are going to find themselves. So, all right. I was right about Trevor Lawrence. I, th- there's no denying I was right about Trevor Lawrence. I've been right about basically, by the way, all the quarterbacks this year. All, what? What? Go ahead. Nothing. I'm not so sure that this Cowboys game holds a lot of weight, man. He had I mean, four touchdowns. Cowboys almost lost to the Texans. I understand. So here's the thing about this. Guys, the NFL's hard. And this is what I don't think people understand. So this weekend, the Eagles, who have the best record in football, beat the Bears in a five-point slugfest. The Bears have the second-worst record in football. And the Chiefs, who have the second-best record in football, tied, beat the Texans in an overtime slugfest. The Texans have the worst record in football. There there are a lot of close it, it, it's there it's not college football where you just have a a walkover game. And the Jags are fighting for their lives and it was in Jacksonville. It's a tough game. Now, you shouldn't be blowing a 17-point lead to anybody. That's a tough game. And and we even saw that the Bucks, who we'll talk about later, who've looked awful for two months, play really well for a half and be up 17-0 on Cincinnati before it all fell apart. NFL's hard, man. The The idea that we're going to crush teams for close victories, that the Chargers are awesome, and they've won almost as many of the, as they've, or they've lost almost as many as they've won. It The league's hard. It's hard to run up a lot of victories. It's why I probably should be giving the Eagles more credit than I've given them throughout the year because 13 and one is 13 and damn one. We'll talk about the Eagles. We'll talk about Anthony Davis's latest injury, which is just crushing all that's next. What's right. What's up everyone. It's Nick, Wright, And I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience 
and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 107. We'll get back to the NFL and play a naughty or nice game in the holiday season in just a moment. But first, there's some basketball news. Oh, and also, by the way, don't forget, uh, to drop some questions in the chat for our C block for our next segment. All right, Demonze, go ahead. Anthony Davis has been dominant for the Lakers this season, obviously, uh, but uh, but a collision with Jokic has now sidelined him indefinitely with a foot injury. Can the Lakers keep up their comeback without him? And how does this affect LeBron's playoff hopes? All right, this is obviously devastating for the Lakers, and you feel terribly for Anthony Davis, but at this point you do have to raise the question, like, is his body just not built for this? I mean, these are, this isn't like a workout more, be in better shape, soft tissue type of injury. It's just, I don't want to call them fluke injuries, but they feel kind of fluke-ish. But now it's a foot, which is always scary. Now we're talking about a month plus when the Lakers have looked really good lately. And LeBron... Ever, LeBron started the year just shooting terribly. Then he missed a little bit of time with a groin, I think it was. And since he came back, he has been absolutely sensational. He just tied Michael Jordan's record for most consecutive 30-point games by someone who's 37 with four. He'll probably break it in their next game because without AD, he's going to have to take on more of the scoring load. And he turns 38 here in uh on December 30th he and Tiger Woods have the same birthday and he's playing sensationally so LeBron on the season is now at 27 points nine rebounds seven assists 27 nine and seven for a guy in year 22 playing 36 minutes a night we and after starting the year shooting the worst of his career he's now gotten the field goal percentage up to almost 50 and the three-point percentage north of 30 to a respectable number. He'll probably end the season around 34%. He's at like 32% right now, which is why with AD and with a small trade like Beverly and Nunn and a pick for Boyan Bogdanovich that I proposed three weeks ago on TV, and then Shams reported the Lakers were actually thinking of that exact trade, this team seemed more than viable. Now, some people are going to make the argument with the AD injury. (coughs) Excuse me. I apologize, guys. With the AD injury, you should not trade a future pick to salvage this team. I thoroughly disagree with that. Because it's not a season-ending injury for AD. 
and you can just keep your fingers crossed that he's going to be healthy for the playoffs. LeBron has been out of this world. So with LeBron and AD, you have two of the 15 best players in the sport, right? That's what you've got to start with from them. And then you have to make the decision. Do you want to make a small move like the one that I discussed, Beverly and Nunn and a pick for a good but not great player? Or do you want to take advantage of the fact that a team such as Chicago will want AD even though he's hurt right no, now? No, 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 no. I'm not trading AD, but I'm but trading Russ in multiple picks. No, no, no. I'm not trading Anthony Davis, but a team such as Chicago that's 11 and 18, and it has fallen apart for them, that they might be willing to move off DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine or a team like Toronto, that it's in the midst of falling apart for them. Would they be willing to move off of, I don't, I don't know if they're going to move off of Siakam, but I would call about it and see if they want to start the whole thing over. And See if you can make a major, major move. Though I'm not sure what right now, what I think the best path is. I think the best path is probably Beverly, Nunn, and a pick for a shooter, a, a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich, who I've talked about quite a bit. Some people have argued Terry Rozier. I'm not a huge Terry Rozier guy. But the idea that because AD is hurt, you now just say, okay, the season's lost. That is ignoring the facts that right now the West is totally in flux because Steph is out uh, for a month-ish and the Warriors are a game ahead of you. So they the war, think about how bad the Lakers have been, 13 and 16. The Warriors are only 15 and 16. At the top of the conference is Memphis, New Orleans. Young teams that I feel like you would feel like if you got in a playoff series with, you would have a real shot because of experience and maturity. Denver is lurking with Jokic playing the best basketball of his life. Credit to him. He's been sensational. Phoenix, I don't fully believe in because I think they will need Chris Paul, and I'm not sure Chris Paul's making it through 100 games. And then what What are we talking about? The Clippers, when we don't know if Kawhi's playing, the West is so wide open. When you have LeBron and when you had AD who will be back playing at the level he was playing at, I don't think you can punt on the season and leaving the roster as is where Lonnie Walker's your third or fourth best player is punting on the season. All right, what game are we playing? All right, uh, we're playing a new game called Naughty or Nice, getting a little festive with it. Yep. Uh, we have a new holiday. Okay, no, I'm not reading that. So, yep. um, I will read you a topic or a scenario, and you will decide whether the person or thing we're discussing deserves presence or coal in their stockings. Okay. One of the most dramatic World Cup finals ever concluded in penalty kicks. Why not golden goal? Imagine a back-and-forth NBA Finals Game 7 ending in a free-throw competition. Are penalty kicks naughty or nice? Well, they're a necessary evil, so I'm going to call them nice because here's the... Here's the deal, and this is what we because once upon a time, the war in the early 90s, the World Cup and international soccer did move to a golden goal format instead of the full 30 minutes of extra time. 
And what it ended up creating was teams played incredibly conservative in order to not allow that goal and to end up getting two penalty kicks. So now if what you're arguing is what we should do is 30 minutes of extra time, and then if it's still tied there, then keep going after the 30 minutes of extra time, and that the following time is then in the golden goal format, we're now talking about two plus, more than two hours of soccer, which w- is not realistic from an endurance and a fatigue standpoint. So I understand people don't love penalty kicks, but there hasn't been a better way to or a more fair way to figure this thing out. And Golden Goal, if they would have gone to Golden Goal right after 90 minutes yesterday, we would not have gotten the drama of that first Messi goal. It's not like, oh, the, the game would have played out the exact same way and then Messi wins it because both teams would have been so much more conservative in the in extra time. So I actually think the way they do it right now, which is 30-minute overtime or extra time or that that is not in it on golden goal and then penalty kicks is the best way to do it. All right, next. All right, the NFC South is a complete mess. Tampa dropped to 6-8, and eight, but it's still a full game ahead of the rest of the division. Any team could make the playoffs. Is the NFC South chaos? Naughty or nice? Oh, uh, it's naughty. It's terrible. I mean, this is not this is not good. And obviously, Tampa doesn't deserve to host a playoff game. I've long been a believer that I think it is smart that the NFL has it that winning your division guarantees you a playoff spot because since the divisions are only four team divisions, it keeps. I mean, we're almost to Christmas and two-thirds of the league still thinks they're alive for the postseason because the expanded playoffs plus the entire NFC South's alive because you win your division, you're in. So I like that winning your division guarantees you a playoff spot. I do not like that winning your division guarantees you a home playoff game. I think that the, the winner of the NFC South should be in, but they should be the seventh seed. They shouldn't be hosting a you know a Cowboys team that's going to end up going twelve and five or thirteen and four. That I don't like, but I do like that they uh, get a playoff game. I think it's good for the league, but I the, the division as a whole is a mess. And by the way, I it's going to come down to Bucks Panthers, and the Panthers this weekend got annihilated by Mitch Trubisky. So as bad as the Bucks have been, they are going to win that division. Um, all right, next. Go ahead. Jeff Saturday had a bad week, but Bill Belichick might have been Bill Belichick's might have been worse. Yep. Former Patriot Chandler Jones took a lateral to the house as time expired and embarrassed Mac Jones, mm-hmm. giving a win to former Pats offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. Is rooting against Belichick naughty or nice? Well, it's always nice and it's fun, but I want to talk about Everything that the end of that game. So did you see after the game, Demonze, Belichick was asked why they didn't just do a Hail Mary. And he said, can't throw it that far. They were on their own 45. That's 55 yards saying Mac Jones can't throw it 55 yards. Now, obviously, you feel really sad for Mac Jones. I mean, he, well, he, yeah, I, I mean, so 
let's talk about the end of the game and let's talk about Mac Jones for a minute. It was total bonehead lack of concentration by Ramondre Stevenson and by Jacoby Myers. Because Ramondre Stevenson was the guy who the ran with it the first time. He had the short lateral. Jacoby Myers had the, the long lateral. And obviously, you don't do that in a tie game. You're going to overtime. You do that if you're trailing. So all that happened. Here's the other thing, though. Mac Jones, I'm not saying he has to make the tackle. He's got to come closer than he did. If Chandler Jones did not have some running start, Chandler, you got to be an athlete, man. You've got to, and I mean, hell, do anything it takes to get him on the ground and see what happens. You've got to try harder than that. Yeah, that you've got, tough. and when you see the balls in the air, you've got to run up and try to <laughs> deflect it. He just stood there like he was a fan. Like he was a fan on the field. Like that was terrible, by the way. So I understand he shouldn't have been in that position, but that was truly awful. It was really by Mac bad. Jones. And Mac Jones in that game played the quarterback position as poorly as anyone has played it all year without turning the ball over. As bad as you can do without throwing a pick, he did it. It was like Tua's game the other day against the Chargers. It was just like, wait, what are you doing, right. bro? And, I mean, he had, I think he was 11 for like 26 or 28 or something for barely over 100 yards. He was whining again. They have Somebody a massive said. quarterback problem. Massive. Yeah. In, in New England. And they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. The Patriots, on the other hand, we were talking schedules before. This was a game they absolutely had to win. Because what they have the rest of the way, home for the Bengals, home for the Dolphins, at the Bills. So three teams that right now are all playoff teams, three teams that are all playing for something, and they're a mess. They, The Raiders tried to give up another 14-point lead, and the Patriots couldn't take advantage of it. They also, prior to all that, were up seven late. They had... They had the it, the Raiders in a fourth and 10 and let them get it, let them get a deep touchdown to tie it. I know you didn't have this involved in one of your bets, but can you imagine, Demonze, if you had the Patriots getting some points and they lost in that fashion? Yeah. They, 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 the, the, they're up seven with 30 seconds left. They end up giving yeah. up the touchdown, and then instead of just throwing a Hail Mary to the end zone, do a give up draw play to get to overtime, and they throw a forty yard backwards across the field lateral. Is that something that they discuss before the play happens? Because I don't think that's like an impromptu type. No, of thing. well, all the players said they went rogue. Okay, that they they were it was supposed to just be so I was about run to say, if they didn't want Matt Jones no. to throw it. They wanted Jacoby to throw. No, it. no, no, the whole thing was <laughs> insane. I mean, Jacoby Myers' play was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen because. Even if it's completed, Mac Jones is 70 yards from the end zone, and it's not like he can throw it forward. Right. He has to run. Right. So there was no upside to it. <laughs> and the downside, it, well, the upside is comedy, I guess. All right, next. All right. Um, Minnesota pulled off the biggest comeback in NFL history, or maybe it's a conspiracy. Okay. Not to put a damper on what the Vikings did, but it is in the best interest of the Colts to tank at this point. I wonder if Jim Ursay put a call in the Saturday, 
put in a call to Jeff Saturday at halftime to have him throw away the game. Is Jeff Saturday's possible tank job naughty or nice? No, this is not what that was. Stop making excuses for Jeff Saturday, okay? Since he's taken over for the Colts, they have been outscored 83-9 to in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and so many of my media colleagues that don't have the courage of their convictions after they won one game against the woeful Raiders. We're like, oh, I guess I owe Jeff Saturday an apology. No, you don't. It took him a month to orchestrate the (laughs) single biggest choke job in the history of the NFL. In the last two weeks, his teams have been outscored 55 to zero in the fourth quarter. And it is, so the idea that this is 5D chess with the Colts just trying to lose games. They wouldn't be building these leads or playing this hard throughout. That's not what's happening. He's terrible. He looks like a guy who was just pulled out of the booth to, to or pulled out of the studio to coach games. That's exactly what he is. And it is mortifying that he's at the helm of an NFL franchise. He is making mortifying. history. Yeah, that, that is true. All right, next. All right, is Russell Wilson one of us? He was inactive on Sunday, so and so earlier last week, he went to the casino. Some were wondering if this is franchise quarterback behavior. Is degenerate Russ naughty or nice? All right, listen. I degenerous, degenerous. All right. Uh, here's my here's my question. I want to know what casino that was, and I want to know if he's in the high limit room. Because, and we don't know that from that picture, because if he's just at some regular casino on the strip and he's just playing in the pit with regular people, that's mortifying. It's more, the guy's got hundreds of millions of dollars. Guy says regular people. No, I'm I'm telling you. I'd be one of those regular folk at the casino. Yeah, that's fine, though. That's fine. If, if, If you are a celebrity, I want to make it clear. The high limit room is not. So the Aria is probably the nicest casino in Vegas. Okay. Aria's high limit room is like on a Friday night or a Saturday night. It's not like it's $10,000 a hand. It's usually they have 300 or at, at worst, the smallest table they have is $500 a hand. Okay. So the point I'm making is. If you are a wealthy celebrity, you, you, you're, that, the, that's where you need to be gambling. It doesn't have to be for massive amounts of money. You can bring a few thousand dollars with you and have plenty of fun and plenty of time in there. But if you're just out there playing like three-card poker for $20 a hand at the Flamingo, that's mortifying and can't happen. So I don't have enough information on what Russ, where Russell Wilson was gambling or how much he was gambling for. But if he's there playing mini Bach for 35 bucks a, a, a deal, that's terrible. I, I can't endorse it. Now, if he's in one of the private areas playing $1,000 hand blackjack, I might have a little more respect for him. I, I, I don't know what he's doing, but the, 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 if we could put that picture up one more time, the context clues lead me to believe. Can we go full stream with that? So I don't love that there's a slot machine right behind him. I got it. Demonte, hold on. 
I got to I no. I I've now zoomed in. There is a screen right by his head that says $1 bonus jackpot. I think I I think he's playing out with the with the proletariat. Russell Wilson's trolling everybody at this point. Oh, I don't know. But that doesn't look like the high limit room in a nice casino. So I don't endorse it. All right, last. The moon ball. Uh-huh. All right. Bill's Mafia showed their true colors, putting the uh, putting dolphin players pelting. pelting dolphins players on the field and on the sideline with snowballs throughout the game Saturday night. Is Bill's Mafia naughty or nice? Okay, so this was obviously naughty, but here's the thing that I had the biggest issue with. On the Dolphins' first drive, on back-to-back throws into the end zone, one of which was dropped. Great pass by two and was dropped. Bill's fans were, I guess, smartly throwing snowballs into the field of play while the game was going. I was shocked the referees let it go on without, I, I thought they were going to redo one of the plays. You can't do that. It's you, the holidays. But I understand it's the holidays. It's it, First of all, it's incredibly dangerous. Second of all, incredibly dangerous. Yeah, they're ice balls. Snowballs. They're ice balls, though. They're not snowballs. They're ice balls. The snowballs wouldn't have stayed intact. So the only ones that actually stayed intact were like hard, and they're coming from 60, 80 feet above. Uh, but more, but more than someone getting injured, it was wildly distracting. I that now they ended up ultimately kind of stopping. They got a warning from the refs. I thought the refs should have taken control of that far earlier. All right. We will, we will. People don't like my take. Say that's the softest take ever. They're snowballs. Guys, watch the Dolphins drive where they drop the touchdown in the end zone and they settle for a field goal on their final two passes there are 30 plus snowballs just raining down during live action that's and then of course they're not doing it when the bills have the ball that's not that is not a real home field advantage and eagles fans got crushed for 30 years for throwing batteries onto the field like this is that that's not a that's that one's not okay. We'll answer your questions live in the chat next. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, 
cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. What are you doing? Going for two. We got people watching this game, man. I'm playing my real game. Chiefs, we go for force, we go for two. Never a doubt, like they said, to see if I score before the half. He was saying I was real quiet. I was out there being surgical. Yeah, all right. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I screwed myself <laughs> on a couple plays. You were in line on the fourth and third yeah, down. That was crazy. You better run the ball. So that was me and Demonze in our first Madden Twitch game on Demonze's channel, which is right upside down. Correct? Yep. And Demonze started that game off seven nothing, and that game ended thirty nine to seven. Thirty nine straight points by the Chiefs. I then got a little cocky. And said I would randomly select a team, and I ended up getting the Bucks, and I threw the game away and lost to Demonze, which was one of the most mortifying public moments of my life. But I think we should do that again soon. No, we got to do a tiebreaker. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, okay, no problem. Are you still going to be the Ravens? Yeah, I'm going to be the Ravens every single time. I, I might switch it up every once in a while and use, like, the Bengals or something. I think the Bengals would be a good idea. I think a team with a reliable passing attack would be useful for you. I also think, here's the deal, I think that what, so if we're doing an official tiebreaker, we can do Ravens-Chiefs, and I'll roll you, but then I'll do random teams. You know what I think? What? I don't think you're that good at Madden. Wow. I think that I'm wow. actually probably better than you, but I have this tendency to like when I'm a little bit down about like the last possession, I just kind of like test stuff out from that point on. It's just like I feel like I can't get back in the game. But like when I am like focused on when I might throw some picks every once in a while. You man. threw that's, a that's lot of picks. One thing that I got to work on. In our two games, you threw 10 picks. <laughs> In our two games combined, you threw 10 interceptions, which I think is part user error and part you 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 use the Ravens and Lamar's inaccurate, but you also never run with it. It's like so you get the worst like part of resort. Lamar and not the best part of Lamar. Like so be the Bills or be the Bengals or be the Chargers. Something feels eerie about using the Bills, man. It feels like I'm cheating. I've never lost a game with the Bills that I played in Madden. <laughs> okay, so be them. I don't know. It's just I don't, the Bills is too OP, man. Oh, okay, all right. Well, that listen, that's fine. Uh, Tiebreaker is going to be very interesting. I think I'm going to win seven consecutive games. Seven consecutive. I am going to beat you in the tiebreaker using the Chiefs, and I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> and then I'm going to go back to random teams okay. and see how many I can win with random teams. Right. I didn't I I got I got out of my own comfort zone with the Bucks and it wasn't you know that but that's fine it'll be it'll be good. So Demonte's Twitch stream right upside down if you want to check Turn it out. Turn my notifications on guys so you see when I'm going on. Oh okay on his Twitch stream yeah. and subscribe to us on YouTube since that's what this whole thing's for. 
Um, all right, what are the questions from the chat? All right, Coach Mystikai said, Demonze, I was watching your stream last week, and that clock management at the end of the at the end of the first half was pretty on point. Maybe people aren't joking about you replacing Staley. Right. I was telling you about this. What? Like right before we played the Madden game, that like I played this guy on my stream. I said that I was gonna st- stream a Madden dub, mm-hmm. and like I forgot what the situation was, but I just ended up driving down the field, scoring, and the guy got the ball with no time. Oh, like, that's zero seconds. So that listen, I will say this about our stream: you and there, there is a certain way to play Madden that is not fun to watch and not fun to participate in, which is people essentially start wasting the clock mid third quarter. Yeah. You and I kind of have a gentleman's agreement to do more realistic clock management, which is until there's four minutes left in the game, we're not going to start wasting the clock because NFL teams wouldn't actually do that. These are six minute quarters, but when you're playing a stranger, when you're playing online, Oh, messing with them with the clock is the greatest. It's so annoying. Oh, it's, Oh, I'm sure it's annoying, but it's one of the reasons I don't, I, Demonze, you beating me might have been the first time I've lost in Madden in years. I can't remember the last time I lost. It's just got to talk about I'm, um, I And by the way, here's the thing. I'm not actually that good at the gameplay. Yeah. Like making people miss or like making tackles. Yeah. But my strategy is so 100 out of 100 perfect. I just always have the perfect play call for every situation. It's kind of idiot proof. It's kind of, it kind of doesn't matter that I'm not that great at the actual gameplay. We'll, so we'll see right, about that. Next. Um, Matt Ford asked, does Nick think Mahomes would have would have been able to tackle Chandler Jones? Of course. <laughs> okay. Of course. That was... That was not a hard tackle. I mean... Just hold on to his legs. He just, like, grabbed his waistband. <laughs> I mean, he just... He didn't even try. It looked like he was playing with like an eighth grader. It was it Mahomes was really... would have run up when the ball's in the air. He might have got at, flattened. Maybe but like would have been a better. Yeah, escape. but it would have at least slowed him down or been a contested catch. There was no time left. All you had to do was get him on the ground. And by the way, Chandler Jones, if you watch the play, Chandler Jones and his teammate thought he was going to get tackled because his teammate was coming alongside him yeah. to take the ball from him. <laughs> That's what I thought was going to happen. That Mac Jones was going to get him. Chandler was going to hand it to his teammate who was then going to run. But instead, Mac just got pushed down to the core of the earth. It seemed like the guy, like, I don't know, man. I don't even think Chandler Jones thought he was going to get tackled. That was like a disrespectful stiff arm. The whole thing was so funny. So can I tell you guys something? (laughs) Don't tweet to Kevin Wilds about this. But I've, I've got something playing for the TV show today that might drive Wilds insane which is I'm going to throughout the show when we're doing different topics and different segments say uh, like, so for example, we're talking about the Prince that was promised Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to be like, let me show you this throw from him yesterday. And the video we're going to run is just going to be Mac Jones getting <laughs> stiff on. And, then I, and That's pretty I'm, good. I'm just going to do it throughout the entire 90 minute show. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling, like, we're going to be talking Mahomes. Should he be MVP? I'm like, let me show you this Mahomes pass. <laughs> and it's just going to be that play. That's and I'm going to do it until until Wilds can't handle it anymore. All right, next. All right, Colin Conant asks, could Mac Jones throw a snowball 55 well, yards? Well, he can't throw a football 55 yards. Next. Alex 
Alex D- D- Dume, Alex Dume said, is that a D-U-R? That's a D-U-M. Alex Dume said, Nick, I know you said you would go to Brazil, but now that Argent, but now that Argentina, would you also consider visiting Argentina? Now that Argentina won. Yeah, no. Uh, well, listen, that video from Buenos Aires looked unbelievable. Did you see that in our group chat, Namaze? Check oh, out yeah, here. the sky view, right? Yeah, yeah that yeah, looked yeah. unbelievable. It's I'd love to go to Argentina. I think I'm locked in to the Brazil trip, uh, but I'd love to go to Argentina at some point, no doubt. All right, last. All right, Gabe Goodwin asks, who maintains the, their GOAT status longer, Tom Brady or Tom Cruise? The answer is obvious, but you have a Cruise blind spot, so you may screw this up. What do you mean I have a Cruise blind spot? You aren't really feeling the Top Gun Maverick movie as well. Well, I, I haven't seen Top Gun movie. Maverick yet. I know, I know Gabe's going to be upset about that. But the Mission Impossible series is my freaking great ad for a movie. Yeah, and the Mission Impossible series is my favorite movie series ever. Tom Cruise is one of my favorite actors ever. Gabe just doesn't like that I don't like the, those cheesy 80s movies like Point Break and Top Gun, the original, and those things. Uh, but the answer is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the greatest action movie star of our time, and Tom Brady's time is ending, and Mahomes is going to catch him. So Tom Tom Brady keeps the Tom Cruise is the best what the best action actor of action our... yeah who 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 you the only other person who was like in contention with him was Will Smith but now Will Smith's on probation who yeah. else would it be Denzel different so that's it Denzel I think is the greatest act arguably the greatest actor of our generation and does do action movies but that's not all he just does. put equalizer and equalizer two up of up against any tom Cruise you know movie they're coming ever. out with the equalizer three and the, well, no the, the, the new mission one. impossibles are better than the equalizers i guess keanu reeves would have an argument because of matrix and john wick movies yeah. and liam neeson would have an argument for just playing the same character in like nine liam neeson, who's that taken guy oh okay. the guy from taken um but no cruise i cruise unbelievable and Brady's going to get caught by Mahomes. All right, there's the show. We will see you guys on Thursday around the same very time. I'll see you on TV in a few hours. Happy holidays, everybody. What's right? <laughs>